VIX The Convents. Welcome to the VIX The Convents podcast. Here's your host, NewSpark founder, Paul Mosenson. Hey, it's Paul Mosenson. Welcome to VIX The Convents marketing optimization. How's it going out there today? So today we're going to have an interesting guest today. I know they're all interesting. I always say that, right? But this one's interesting too. And, and the reason being is in this age of digital marketing and social media, there is a marketing tactic that's been around probably since the day of the Pony Express, which is direct mail. And we're going to talk about that, but actually in an interesting way because this is direct mail on steroids, but it's also integrated with lead nurturing and, and cadence marketing and things like that. We'll go through all of that. But you know how it is. We all get mail. We all look through it, you know, open this envelope now, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, but we all look at it. So there, there is uh, some value there. Um, and so we're going to talk about that today with my guest, Dan Fronin from a company called Sendoso, which is a uh, fast growing B2B tech company. And they provide marketing and sales teams tools to send direct mail and gifts at scale to targeted audiences. Hey, Dan, how are you? Doing really good. Thanks for having me on the show. Sure. No worries. Now, Dan isn't your typical tech marketer. That's what he told me. Before starting work in B2B SaaS, he spent 10 years in music publishing, selling hard goods to retail. He knows how to do fax marketing and direct mail in addition to modern tactics. So he puts that all together, this whole knowledge of direct marketing and digital to his use as the CMO of Sendoso. And Sendoso.com is the website. So we're going to have some uh, really good questions and hopefully some good answers as well as we learn about how Sendoso can work in your marketing funnel to um, engage leads and help them uh, close faster. So you ready? Let's do this. Okay. Well, the first question really is um, just for those people out there. I mean, just explain your platform in a little more detail, what it is and how it works. Yeah, no, happy to. So really at the, at the essence of what Sendoso is, is it's bringing the warehousing logistics sourcing of direct mail of gifting um, and marrying it with a SaaS platform that uh, helps you manage that uh, in a digital centric way. Um, and, and enables you to connect to your marketing sales and CX tech stack. So you had mentioned, uh, you know, modern marketing tactics like cadence marketing or lead nurture or life cycle marketing. And, and really what we allow teams to do is use direct mail, gifting, e-gifts as part of their, their more modern digital tactics by dropping uh, coordinated uh, plays within their digital tactics. Yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, where you guys come in is to really kind of fill a void, I guess, in um, the typical follow-up nurture cadences and things like that. Um, I mean, listen, direct mail and gifts, you know, mugs, whatever they are, right? Even handwritten cards, things like that. I mean, they make an impact um, toward companies who might be, uh, you know, obviously in the market for something. Um, is there a, do, do you consult with companies and what to send? Is there a strategy for the kind of sends and how would you measure that? Like postcards versus gifts and mugs, for example, is, um, 
does it come from the client to come from you or combination? Like what makes sense? Yeah, it's really, it's really a combination because, you know, some companies have a pretty evolved marketing sales or CX strategy and, and some are just getting started. So it really, it really kind of runs the gamut. So um, we do have a a belief that you can and should be doing um, sending across your entire customer lifecycle. So typically, you know, at the very top of the funnel, what we see is more of a one-to-many approach where that's more e-gifting. Um, it's more, um, it's more kind of branded sorts of sends. If you're going to do physical, uh, it might be more informational about your company. And then when you get into an actual sales process where you're, you're more one-to-one, then that's where the gifting comes in. That's where, um, the surprise and delight sort of things like, um, like buying lunch for a prospect or sending them a bottle of wine or going to Amazon and researching a little bit about them and then sending a personal gift. And then on the customer lifecycle um, place, that's where you can really get creative with your onboarding. So sending um, onboarding kits um, or uh, surprising and delighting your, your, um, your advocates. So it really, it really runs the gamut. So we, you know, first and foremost, advocate for that. And then secondarily, um, you know, have maybe five or 10 plays that we recommend for each stage in that life cycle. Um, but the best, the best companies are taking that and making it their own, right? Because not every company is the same. Um, so the more, the more you take that and adapt it to kind of what the special sauces of your marketing and sales, the better off you end up being. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm thinking about use cases and even now they're still popping in my head. <laughs> but um, let's talk about, you know, one of your most popular integrations, I guess, is with CRMs and marketing automation as part of a cadence strategy. Um, you know, a lot of marketers, you know, demand generators, we plan, you know, cadences, you know, by personas, content offers, things like that. Is there a, a direction that you think, like where does your program fit in? Do we do two emails in a send? Do we do a call? Like, does it vary? Or is there like a, a systemized process? I don't know, just talk about, you know, where this fits in with a, a cadence of uh, trying to drive people to pay attention to your message and even eventually create appointments. Yeah, so there's there's two schools of thoughts on that. And I'll, and I'll kind of break it up between like a marketing-led initiative where, you know, we would be, triggering off of action in like a Marketo versus let's say our, our SDR team that's in outreach. Um, and really we've seen really two plays that work really well. There's one is the hail Mary where um, Gong actually does this really well, where um, they run through a typical SDR cadence, but then at the, if they have not gotten a response, um, then they use a send as a hail Mary to get that last pickup rate uh, for their target accounts. Um, and, us at Sendoso, we actually use it integrated in. So um, a typical um, cadence would look like, you know, day one, uh, a call, an email, and then go view someone's social profile, maybe wait a couple days. And then day three is, um, you know, follow up on that email, maybe leave a voicemail this time. And then day five might be a, a LinkedIn um, in-mail plus uh, an e-gift saying, I'd love to talk to you and lunch would be on me sort of thing. Um, is is really those two approaches. There's also the very, very top of the funnel um, where the send can actually be 
the first thing. And that could be based on, on the marketing automation side. That could be a couple different things. So we've got, you know, the ability with some predictive analytics to be able to score uh, a lead or a contact uh, before they actually do any action, just based on some intent data. So we might uh, take an audience and say that they're a high quality account for us and they're in market and um, we may try to speed along the process of them becoming a marketing qualified lead um, by, by uh, leading with like a send uh, as part of an email. Actually, you just brought up a, uh, um, something that's been in my head anyway about this. I mean, I guess it depends on your budget and everything and, um, and your strategy of engaging with people, but you mentioned predictive, right? And, yeah. you know, I did a, older podcast with a, a lady marketing person from a company called Bombora, which is like intent data. Yeah. And uh, you know them, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, and yeah, and they work with like other platforms when you're trying to like, for instance, a CRM, you do a lookalike audience and you try to mirror your current clients and then you overlay intent data, right? And then you can actually possibly even for some tools, I know you can download names, on, uh, on these intent companies, right? And, um, and you know, whatever it is, you might find, even the LinkedIn, you might find, you know, specific um, high value names and how to reach them is, uh, might be something, you know, for scale here to send something out to like, hey, I know you're, you might, your company might be interested in something or whatever and um, check out, you know, this kind of um, program or something like that, right? Is that, I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but no, it's that's absolutely true, and yeah. um, I think you know as a as a marketer, um, I'm always I'm always obsessed with how can I get a relevant conversation with my relevant audience uh, more quickly because it's very valuable to my company if if I don't have to go and entice someone across LinkedIn advertising, banner advertising, AdWords, when we had trade shows. Um, people actually having to call an email. If I can figure out how to get their attention earlier in the life cycle, um, I may be spending a little bit more money up front with, um, with, with the send, but ultimately I'm bringing my CAC down because I didn't have to run so many programs against that person. So that's yeah. really the philosophy there. That's true too. Yeah, I get it. Um, all right. I mean, there's lots of ways to, to decide how to use it, right? Obviously, well, one thing I didn't mention here, um, but I'll just bring it up just because it is 2020 is, um, and we mentioned this earlier is, you know, how does this working now if people are working from home, is this still a useful tactic and how are you facing that right now? Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's a very interesting question and I'll, I'll tell you, I was talking to uh, a company yesterday and a big part of their strategy is that they send uh, welcome kits to all of their channel partners, right? And they're sending like five, six, seven hundred of these things a month. Um, and I and I posed the question, how are how are you ensuring that they're landing? And they basically said they have no idea other than if someone actually responds. Um, but they is but they're getting twenty percent sent back because they don't have the right address. And then I would venture to say that a majority of us are still somewhat at least in a hybrid situation where we're not even in the office. So that becomes a black hole, right? So we actually have a, a feature on our platform called address confirmation. So before you send that welcome kit, um, you actually 
send an email saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to be sending you this welcome kit. Welcome to our, our partnership, yada, yada, yada. Um, but before I do that, I want to make sure that I'm sending it to the right address. So they then click, they uh, verify or they change that address. Um, and then um, it, it lets you know um, and off it goes to the right place. Um, obviously, you know, we talked a little bit about Bombora and some of these tools and platforms that allow you to download data. Um, and that's fine, all well and good in B2B. Uh, but obviously, there's the consideration of people don't like their personal information getting out there. Um, so we, we do it in a secure way to where it goes through our platform, um, spits out the label, but then it gets deleted so that um, that information is never transferred. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, are clients uh, seeing success with that or is it just being tested right now or they're, what have you seen seeing, so far? They're seeing success for sure. So um, I, I think that it works really well in that one to few and one to one category where you've developed a relationship and um, and you've uh, kind of earned the right to ask someone to verify something. And um, and we're seeing more and more success at the top of the funnel as well. So it's 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 where the creativity comes in right so if you are running a campaign and um like for instance we're running a campaign on personalization and uh we're calling it the spam campaign and we're we're sending like um, some information on how we can help with that and it's fun it's kitschy um, it grabs your attention and it makes you want to um, confirm so that you can actually uh, get the send and see what we're talking about but yeah it's working it's working well um, but I think, you know, when you describe direct mail at the top of, of your show, um, it's, it's fundamentally changed, right? Because direct marketing, um, where you just buy mass swaths of consumer data and then just send it and it gets on your kitchen counter, um, not as applicable to B2B right now, just with the current environment for sure. So marketers are having to get a lot more creative with it. Now we speaking with your company, what are the, um, what are the most popular types of uh, mail or swag or whatever that companies use right now, or generally that you've seen? Yeah, it's, it, it really crosses, it, it, I'd say it's in three categories. So e-gifts have been extremely popular um, just because uh, you are in like this, this physical digital world right now. And the, the act of sending an e-gift, um, whether that's like a charity choice where you can go donate to the charity that you wish to, or a DoorDash card to buy yourself lunch or a coffee gift um, really works well for um, meeting attendance rates. So right before um, someone's supposed to show up to a meeting 15, 20 minutes before, um, send one of those and it usually gives you a big lift in attendance. Um, and then uh, perishables are really popular for us. So we have um, Sendoso Direct which we have a, a network of um, tons of different vendors from donut, like make your own donut um, sort of kits where you decorate with your kids. I want um, that. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe as a follow-up, I'll send you one. That's a, that's a great idea. Um, no, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight. So no, never mind. I'll, I'll, then, I'll, I'll take the funky salads. Okay. Yeah, I like it. And then experiences like, like we have a vendor that we work with that um, they ship out a wine kit and then um, they do a virtual wine tasting, right? So that sort of stuff, um, experiences that kind of cross the physical digital world are, are resonating really well. 
and then more traditional. So we do a ton of um, branded uh, sending for a lot of our company, our, a lot of our clients that where they're shipping directly from our warehouse, right? So um, anything from decoder glasses that um, help you decode uh, a piece of marketing collateral to uh, a customized Lego set where the character looks like um, the prospect. I mean, it, it really runs the gamut to just branded welcome kits for um, employee onboarding or customer onboarding. And then of course, you know, with, with a lot of events going digital, uh, we're, we're doing a ton of, um, you know, uh, conference in a box sort of uh, plays with some of our companies where um, we're bringing like what would have been physical about that event to you so that you have that element while you're consuming the content on your computer. Yeah. Cool. Is the quality of your vendors really good? Like, is it like, is it cheap? Is it like quality stuff? And cause I imagine that it costs, it costs money to do this stuff. And I guess that's part of the fees and the, and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we definitely believe in quality and we, we manage quality control. Um, like extensively in our distribution center. Um, but we do have a philosophy that um, we are what you'd call vendor agnostic. So we're really in the business of helping companies achieve their sending goals via our SaaS solution um, and connecting in with their, their other technologies to, to really become successful um, in, in their integrated mix. And um, we have a pretty massive, um, vendor network so when 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 a company onboards with us they they really have two choices they could keep their existing vendor network and let us handle that and leverage us for warehousing or they could work with our project management team and actually start to leverage uh, our vendor network so we're, we're really flexible in that regard um, and in terms of the vendors that we work directly with like if if we see issues we we deal with it um, including, um, you know, parting ways with vendors if they're not getting it done, but hasn't been an issue, fortunately. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's talk about like, you know, a lot of times in, uh, of course, in marketing and sales being aligned and that kind of thing, who are your, who are your customers and, and is it a mix of marketing and sales organizations and do they use them differently or like, can you want to just touch base on use cases from marketing versus sales? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting because like we, we have two different personas within kind of our ecosystem. There's kind of the admin user and that typically is the marketer and the marketer, traditionally a marketer is the one that holds the budget. They're the ones that would, they're the ones that are most interested in going to the CS team and saying, Hey, the holidays are coming. Let's, let's do a gift for our customers. They're the ones that are most interested in uh, working with the sales team and saying, hey, we're running this integrated program. We want to send out this direct mail. Can you, can you send me a list of your top 100 accounts, right? So um, typically, it's the marketer that's kind of sitting in the command center, if you will. And then the users tend to be um, sales, SDRs, account managers, um, CX professionals. Some HR teams are actually using us. Um, and they're the ones that are leveraging the platform for daily use and actually um, deploying like different uh, what we call touches that typically an admin would set up for them. So, um, and, and managing budgets. So our, our philosophy is, um, is to get the teams enabled to be able to do their own sending. If you have a budget cap, which most companies do, then um, let that team 
have their budget when it's done, they're done for the month. Um, but we are seeing a big uptick in, you know, sales, sales and SDR teams uh, we're actually talking directly with and they're kind of um, becoming the buyer as well. Um, as you know, so much has changed about marketing and sales recently with, um, with everyone working from home that um, every team is now trying to figure out ways to hit their goals. Um, so we're definitely seeing an upsurge in that. Um, and I actually think fundamentally it's really helping with um, that age old <laughs> debate that we've had around sales and marketing alignment and, and, you know, the cats and dogs sort of thing. I think it's really blurred the lines between revenue more recently, which I think ultimately is a really great thing. Yeah. Um, how, let me ask you this. I'm going to, since we just talked about marketing and sales and revenue and things like that, I'm just going to go right to the measurement question. And uh, because it's one thing like usually with emails, open rates, click rates, whatever, but, and then with Google analytics, there's always, uh, you know, tagging and other things like that. But um, at the end of the day, how, you know, how does, how do you feel about like measuring campaigns or pieces you send out? How does it contribute to the, the close at the end? Do, do companies like compare, they got this and they close faster than this? Or is it more just a, like a, almost like a PR measurement? Like we don't know, or, I mean, how do you feel? you know, it's one thing about clicks and sends and opens and, but you don't, you know, and things like that. But I guess the question is like, how, how in your experience with your clients um, about measurement in general and the effectiveness of campaigns, you know, especially when it comes to ROI and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a, there's a few different measurements that, that you can use here. And I think the first is response rate. So within within like the audience that you're trying to convert to pipeline or whatever the, the goal is here, uh, even sales, um, you take your baseline response rate for your normal tactics. Um, and typically like at an aggregate level, we can 4X that um, on average. Um, so there's that response rate lift. There's the, uh, what I would call like return on campaign investment. So for every dollar you spend um, on Sendoso, what, can you get in return from a pipeline or a revenue standpoint? And that um, has been like a 450% return um, on average. Like I've run campaigns at, um, at Sendoso. Like I, I talked recently about this with, uh, on another podcast, we did a, a, um, a program called Project Thaw where we selected a little over a hundred accounts. And the objective there was to, um, they were frozen because of COVID. So the objective there was to get a, a yes or no kind of decision on um, moving forward or at least knowing what's going on because everyone was so heads down and trying to figure everything out. So we spent $4,000 to send branded fortune cookies um, that when you popped open the fortune cookie, it had uh, an ROI metric there, right? So attention grabbing um, and the response rate, we got like a, a 80 some odd percent response rate for confirming the address. and then we closed um, like $180,000 in reoccurring revenue off of that campaign with a $4,000 initial spend. Um, so that was a, a nice return for sure. Um, and then I think the other thing here that, um, that, that really 
we, we advocate for with our, our customers is that there's a time savings measurement here too. Um, how many, who's doing this manually on your team right now? Um, and who, who's actually doing this without you knowing and without it being measured. And, and there's like the, the waste management slash time management piece that comes into play as well. So it's like an efficiency, it's an efficiency uh, driving platform, but it's also demonstrated ROI as well um, from actual pipeline and revenue. Nice. I mean, well, me being an analytical person, especially with postcards and direct mail, and a lot of times we just put with our IT people, create like a vanity URL that redirects to a, a landing yep. page on a website. So that's another, um, if you had an offer, you know, um, you know, free this or whatever, like something else that can drive uh, um, engagement and things like that. Yep. Um, do people do that? Absolutely. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's so many, and we're actually, you know, cause sending has become so much more like digital forward with, um, with COVID that, you know, there's a big, there's a big, uh, thing here that we need to be able to help our customers measure as well is like, okay, you sent um, something to someone or um, an offer. Um, they didn't necessarily respond, but they went onto your website, right? That's, that's success too. Um, so th those sorts of measurements are super interesting right now um, and something that we're definitely working to bring forward uh, as well. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Well, this is a good conversation. Um, just a couple more here. I'm gonna. I have to use the word account-based marketing since that's big and B two B right now, right? But I, but you know everybody can define that differently. You know, with instead of mass marketing, one-to-one -one, things like that. But there's a strategy there, of course. It's still about the personas. You know, for example, like I know with some campaigns, you know, if you're doing content syndication and you know, the people doing research for your product are probably downloading content or webinars, but they're not the final decision maker. So there could be a scenario where, you know, when you begin using the data and list and things like that to, okay, well, this guy downloaded a white paper, but let's send some swag out to his boss, you know, and saying, hey, because there might be something there, because obviously somebody's downloading content because they want to learn about something or there might be some pain in their company. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because I think um, account-based marketing for anyone that's been in B2B for a while, like that's kind of like actually just B2B marketing. But I, I think at the at the crux of it, um, really good account-based marketing is is taking the methodology of knowing who your personas are, knowing who your target accounts are, and really kind of putting the magnifying glass on the account at that individual level and trying to run your your marketing and sales process as to be as relevant and personalized to that account as possible so i mean i i agree with you 100 percent right um the more the more you can run coordinated plays where okay marketing director downloaded this piece of content they're now talking to our team like hey let's get the vp of marketing and you know maybe they're they're if they report into like the coo like let's get them engaged in this thing too. And I, I think that um, that's a very good tactic and, and something that um, companies should be employing for sure. Yeah, I know in any kind of B2B marketing, when you're doing content and people are doing research and you start measuring doing demos or trials and things like that, they're not the final decision makers. They're just, but you need, they need to be advocates. 
yep. and then you have to get other people involved, you know, to this tool that might be more efficient or better, or whatever. And uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, we got to get the head guy involved too to to see it as well because they're involved with budgeting and things like that. So at least there's something there in your yeah, building I mean, engagement. And I think ironically, like um, just from our own data, right? Like we see at the account level, like let's say on average. Uh, we have four people that are engaged on an account when it moves to pipeline. By the end, there's usually like 12, whether we know them or don't. Um, and it's because people are um, buying, they're buying in committees. And just because the committee is not at the table doesn't mean that they're not looking at you. And it doesn't mean that they're not chiming in. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, nothing is perfect, but um, but the whole idea is better engagement and, and grab people's attention, really. Um do you have any other thoughts and best practices in this whole uh, um, process that you guys do? Yeah, I mean, one thing, yeah, one thing that we've been doing recently just in-house has been, you know, I think to achieve one-to-one like account-based marketing is really, really tough. Um, so we, we don't try to boil the ocean with that. We, we've actually started a program where we're selecting, I think it's like this quarter, it's 50 accounts where, We'll go and build a custom landing page on the website. We'll make sure that we're speaking to that company by their name. We're showing their logo. Um, and like we're running plays with that, that content, kind of the central hub of the wheel. And then the, um, the direct mail and gifting that we're doing as part of that is, is in line with that too. So we're, we're customizing that. Um, we're speaking directly to them there and really coordinating our efforts so that every every touch point that they're seeing from us, we've been a little bit more thoughtful than just the general brand campaign um, to say like, Hey, we're, we're trying to talk directly to you um, in a more personal way and not a generic way. Good. Good. This is a uh, interesting stuff out there. And so something that maybe a lot of people don't think about. So it's certainly, you know, budget um, engagement, especially now, um, trying to find ways to grab people's attention and solve business problems. That's what it's all about anyway. And, yeah. you know, people get lots of emails now and, you know, it, it's all about the almighty subject line or however you want to define it. But at least this, you know, if it's like you said, it's a play to try to engage, you know, important people with, with uh, to pay attention to something. Um, and that's what you do. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, well, thanks. This is Sendoso.com. Nice and simple, right? And uh, nothing else except send, send Oso, send Oso, oh, oh, wait, send Oso, send Oso. <laughs> you know, if you're send Oso, come to see sendoso.com. I had to have fun there. But Dan Fronin, thanks for uh, joining me today. Insightful conversation. Check out the website. And, uh, you know, if, you know, this might be something to consider, especially with uh, event budgets not happening. Um, and you're all just trying to figure out other ways to communicate with digital and stay in front of prospects. This might be uh, a valid uh, option. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a good conversation. Always love talking shop. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, so um, this is Paul Mosenson, Six Stick Events, and look forward to another podcast. Thanks for listening and take care of yourself and be safe. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights. Fix the convince.